Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people. You're in the place that everybody wants to be. You know what it is. You love it. It is, of course, Victory Lane. This week on the show, a huge, wild, bonanza-filled race at Talladega Super Speedway, including a few big ones and a hell of a finish, a photo finish. k Pro Series in action and a first-time winner on that side of things, and the best name in the series gets to Victory Lane. A one-on-one interview with Harrison Burton, short preview of Kansas, and of course, Lug Nuts of the Week. So we bring, so we begin this episode as we do with every episode as of late on Victory Lane with the good old 1000bulbs.com 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. I'll take you through the race as I do on Highlight Hump Day as I post on my social media. So first off, how cool was it? seeing the three-car pacing the field on Sunday. Not a replica three-car, the actual car that Dale Earnhardt drove to victory, his last victory at Talladega in 2000, driven by Richard Childress. The actual car. That was so sick. I was literally on the plane flying back from Roseville, California, watching that and saying to myself, this this is unbelievable. This is so cool. And he had Johnny Morris in the passenger seat of Bass Pro Shops. That was it was it was so so cool. So stage one, there's some really good racing throughout, some three wide battling for the lead, and it winds up being William Byron who wins stage one. He got some much needed stage points, but unfortunately it was not enough to be in a situation where he could feel good going into Kansas. But then unfortunately on Sunday afternoon the rain came down in Alabama, so we got postponed, came back Monday, and started off with some interesting things. Brad Keselowski did not refire, so he had to get a push all the way from pit road to the middle of the backstretch. And then he finally fired back up. That was kind of nerve-wracking from his perspective. Then we had not one, not two, but three, count them, three separate big ones. The first one happened on the backstretch when Alex Bowman blocked a big run by Joey Logano, and that triggered a multi-car pileup, I believe over 10 cars. Second one happened when it was Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Kyle Busch, and William Byron. They were battling for the lead. Some cars were starting to get squirrely, and that got Joey, I think, on two wheels, uh, almost airborne, and that collected a handful of guys. And the third was the biggest one, when Brendan Gaughan flipped upside down, stuck the landing, as he said in his post-race interview, and I I lost my you-know-what, because I was watching this race live on Monday afternoon at work at NBC Sports Washington, and everybody at work knows me and knows what I'm what I'm about. So people are kind of watching the race with me, which I enjoy, by the way. And when Brendan started flipping, I screamed. I freaked out. And everybody in another room that was actually producing a live show at the time, they came up to me later. They were like, was that you screaming? I was like, yeah, sorry. It's just, you know, that, that happens. Um, so that was insane. And then the green-white checker finish happened. It's a battle of the Ryans, the Ryan and Ryan show. Ryan Blaney, Ryan Newman. Blaney has the lead on the restart. Newman gets out to the lead on the final lap. Then coming out of turn four, Blaney gets a good run, passes him on the inside, nudges him a little bit, 
Did he go below the yellow line? Was he forced down there? I'll leave that up to you and up to interpretation. But NASCAR opted to not penalize the 12, not penalize the 6. It wound up being a photo finish, 7 one-thousandths of a second. That's about like 8 to 11 inches in real life. And Ryan Blaney, or as he know, he's known as Cars, Ryan inside Laney gets the victory, his first of the season, first in over a year, and now he is on to the round of eight. Who would have thought that Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney would be the two drivers that would clinch spots in the next round at this point of the year? Uh, hand up if you had that, because I did not. Let's hear from the winner himself taking us through the final lap and what his plan was inside the cockpit. Yeah, um, yeah so they're really the last lap. You know, I saw the 11 and 6 coming on the top, down the back. They were they were tandem together. And I saw them coming, and I wanted to pull up, but they were coming so much faster than us that if I would have pulled up and tried to block them, they just would have split me. Um, you can't block runs like you used to with this package. Um, There's none of that really – really none of that air bubble anymore that we used to talk about. You just run through the guy's bumper. So, um, And the runs are a lot larger, especially when you tandem like they did. So – I figured my best bet was to try to pull the 11 off of them. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I did. You know, luckily I was able to get to the 11's quarter panel in three, pull him off the six. And then I, I knew Eric Almarola was going to come push me through to the bottom. And then we both would be clear. And then it's just all about making a move. You know, and hopefully you make the right move at the right time on the front stretch there. And it, that one just happened to work out. But um, I knew if I could separate them and, stay on the bottom and come out second we had a shot at uh at newman how about crew chief jeremy bolens he was atop the pit box and at super speedway races crew chiefs feel kind of helpless because the spotters doing the majority of the talking on the radio there are the eye in the sky but on top of the pit box he's just kind of sitting back hoping and praying well uh, you know we knew that once you get to the bottom in the lead you know a run's coming from somewhere um, and the, the 11 had had a great recovery day and, and was pushing the six pretty hard. And, um, and we saw them coming. But, you know, just hoping that we can play enough defense and get those guys separated. And Ryan did a great job of, of kind of getting those guys separated and, and getting the run back to get by the six to the line. And, and that was really the difference was uh, the moves that he made with those guys coming on the outside. Ryan Newman, Denny Hamlin, Eric Amarola, and Michael McDowell. We love those super speedway weird top fives. They rounded out the top five. Then in the top ten, since all the carnage happened with most of the playoff contenders, you had Austin Dillon in sixth, Corey LaJoy stacking pennies, my guy, in seventh, Chase Elliott in eighth. He survived a big one, came home with a top ten. Ricky Sandhouse Jr. ninth, and Ty Dillon came home to round out the top ten. It was a really crazy, wild race. I really did love every second of it. It was Tal Talladega in the past few years has been somewhat eh, but I think with this new package that they have, it's really, really entertaining. And that's what I wrote in my notes, entertainment. Because a lot of people, when they see the big ones on highlights, they might say, oh, well, this ain't racing, you know, this is just wrecking. Well, one, I got news for you. This has always been the case at Super Speedways, no matter what area you're, you're talking about. But two, there's also the kind of the overarching argument of, well, is NASCAR trying to go in the racing direction or in the entertainment direction? And they've been pretty blunt and on the record of saying we are in the entertainment business. So if we can put an entertaining product out on the track for our fans to consume and pay money to go watch, we're going to do it. And was this the most purest racing that I've seen on super speedways? No. 
But was this some of the most heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, entertaining, edge-of-your-seat racing? Hell yeah, it was. I, I loved it. I was watching every second of it. And I got new fans that were at work with me. They were watching it, and they were intrigued with it. They wanted to watch the end. So, Talladega, NASCAR, bravo to you. If I wasn't holding this microphone with my hand, I'd be giving you a round of applause. That was on the East Coast, or I guess kind of in the South. But on the West Coast, we had the Napa Auto Parts Enios 150 from All-American Speedway in Roseville, California. It's Bill McAnally Racing's home track. It's Bill McAnally's hometown. Last year, he got the win with Cole Rouse. The year before, he did not. And unfortunately for Bill, his home track wound up being taken over by his rival, Bob Brancati. Jagger Jones wins the race for the first time in his career, holds off. A hard-charging Haley Deegan in the closing laps, and we'll get to her in a second. And Jagger Jones for Sunrise Ford, the rookie, gets win numero uno. Nothing like your first win, right, Jagger Jones? How does this feel, man? Oh, it feels awesome. I think just how close we've gotten, if you followed along this series, um, I've been close multiple times from the first race to the last one we just did. And to, to finally get the first one, I think it, it just feels so special, so awesome. Uh, this is what racers live for. Did you feel like it maybe wasn't coming this year because you'd had some bad luck? I mean, even in your first race ever in a K&N car on dirt, which you had never been on, you were oh so close and then it got taken away from you. Did you ever kind of rethink that this might not be the year? No, I, I think um, just because the speed we've had and uh, all the opportunities and how, how close we've gotten so many different times. It wasn't just one time, it was multiple times. And I think um, I, I never really doubted it was more when the first win was going to come, not if, for sure. So you've had some incidents with Haley Deegan this season, and we saw what happened in turn four uh, in the early portion of the race. What happened from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know why she left. She just completely left the door open, and then I wasn't even going to drive it in there that hard. But then I got hit um, from the side, from the right rear quarter a little bit by the uh, 13. Not, nothing major, just racing. And um, so I just went right to the bottom, and then she just came across my nose. I mean, no hard feelings. I think it was just a racing deal. I don't think her spotter might have told her clear or whatever I I, I don't think it was uh, it definitely wasn't intentional um, so I, I understand she's mad that she spun out but I don't, I don't think I was the one to blame were you a little bit nervous when she was coming back on you on the last restart no not really I they were giving me lap times to run before and I was kind of conserving and um, she wasn't really catching us so I, I knew um, if I didn't make any mistakes and I just uh, stuck right on the bottom and and didn't keep the or kept focusing on drive off drive off the corner I, I knew she wouldn't would never get to us all right it runs in the family grandpa parnelli dad pj and now jagger jones a k&m pro series west winner how cool is it to get a congratulatory tweet from jimmy johnson too because jagger's actually been pretty good friends with jimmy for the last few years his grandfather all obviously is parnelli jones his dad's pj they have a a rich rich racing heritage and lineage in that family and Jimmy's kind of helped him along the way, so that was that was really cool to see. Haley's night was pretty wild. She, she wins the pole. She's fastest in both practices. Falls to second on the initial start. Derek Krause passes her on the outside. Then she gets bumped and spun around in turns three and four by Jagger Jones in the early portions of the race. There was no caution for that spin, so she's running last. Does not fall a lap down. Drives all the way back inside the top five. Somehow, some way. Finishes runner-up in second, and as she's going to tell you right here, if she didn't have to go up back through the field and burn up all of her tires because you only get one set if you choose not to pit during this race, if she didn't burn those up, she probably would have been sitting in victory lane.
I don't really know where to begin for Haley Deegan's second place run tonight, but I guess we can start with the contact in turn three and four in the opening laps of the race with Jagger Jones, who winds up going on to win. What happened from your perspective? I think when it comes to contact, I'm all for it when it's green-white checkers, end of the race, at least mid-race on. But when it's 10 to 20 laps, I feel like that's you can give and take some room. And I get, I guess I came down a little bit just because I was up high with uh, trying to pass uh, Derek on the outside, and I decided to come down, and my spider told me clear. I guess I had some room, but in the end, this type of racing, people struggle to give and take, which I struggle to give and take 100% me too, but I think that things need to wait a little bit later in the race. That's the problem we're kind of having, but uh, even from my perspective, I need to get better at it. Everyone else needs to get better at it, and so I think that in the end, I gave room to people early trying to come through the field until the end and stuff. I didn't really do anything, so... I think that it was a pretty clean race. Somehow Derek, even on bad days, can make them good, which is sucks for points for us. But in the end, it was a decent points day. We got some stuff done. Uh, I think that we swept it until now, and I, we would have. I felt like we would have had it if not. And we just had to burn up our tires coming to the field. But I had to do it to get up to the spot I was in, in a position to win. But uh, just we need one more caution in the end. So speaking of cautions, let's talk about the no caution that happened with your spin. Did you expect there to be a yellow thrown? Because I think everybody pretty much was. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I was in my mind. It it didn't stall. I kept it going. I hit the clutch and stuff. But I expected a caution. But in the end, it could have caused more bunching up. Someone could have crashed in front of me and taken me out. So it worked out in my favor. It could have worked better. But in the end, they guys gave me a great car. And I did as much as I could with it with the time that we had. So when you were coming up through the field and you you had that final restart, you were close to Jagger. What was the difference? Like you said, you had that set of tires on that you burned up coming yeah, back. Yeah, I had field. nothing. I was trying. I was driving as hard as I could, trying to get it without overdriving the car, and I was trying to get everything I could out of it. And I was, they'd say like I'm a tenth faster, tenth faster, but it just wasn't enough. I needed like a second faster. <laughs> but I did as much as I could with the car. Um, I had with the tires just being burnt up from trying to come through the field. I had to come through 15 cars. <laughs> So I think we, we know that you have had some history with Jagger in the past this season. It started the first race of the year. You won that one. He had some bad luck with some lap cars. Um, what's going to be the mindset for you moving forward, racing around him specifically? I mean, points are almost second. I guess we're just going for wins. Um, when it comes to Jagger, I'd say just I run people how they run me. So it comes and goes. I moved him for a win. I didn't take him out, but I definitely uh, gave him a little nose and moved up the track just a little bit. I didn't clean him out, but in the end, you get what you get. So. And we saw that you had some words with him at the car when he was getting ready to climb out. Do you care to share anything that was said? Yeah, I mean, I say in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll leave it at that. And also, I just want to say, I think some people might have had a certain opinion of you throughout the season with your aggressive driving, but I think a lot of people maybe were changed by that opinion tonight with your clean racing throughout the field. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, I think that a lot of people were kind of making assumptions about me, getting a little over, over not over mouthy, but like over overspoken and uh, about stuff that I do about how I drive and I agree myself I have a lot to learn it's only my second year racing stock cars so I do have a lot to learn I learn every single race and that's why I race the k series ain't cup for a reason so uh, you learn as much as you can here before you get to those higher levels you had a lot of fan support here tonight there were some cheers when Jagger climbed out also some boos and when you were being interviewed over the PA cheers all around that must mean a lot I mean at least the fans are on my side so <laughs> <laughs> nice run thank you as you heard there, she had some self-reflection, which frankly is a little new for her. We haven't really heard Haley talk much about herself and kind of be hard on herself and say, I need to do this better. or I should have done this. I should have done that. It's It's been more so, well, 
I could have done this if this happened, one of those type of things. So that, that was a little bit new. And she did have some words for Jagger when she was getting ready, when he was getting ready to get out of his car in victory lane. I will not repeat what those words were at her request, but let's just say they were not friendly. And as she said there, she voiced her opinion. <laughs> P3 for Trevor Huddleston. He was racing for second place for a portion of the night, and it seems like he's going to be racing for second place in the standings as well. It was a really good night for him. Um, and as I said, this is his third straight or second straight, excuse me, third place finish. A lot of numbers confusing there. Trevor Huddleston, not the winning night, but a good night for him overall. Third place run for Trevor Huddleston. Back-to-back -back weekends on the podium. This weekend, it wasn't as crazy as ending as it was at Meridian, but nonetheless, a solid run for you guys here and another third place run. Yeah, for sure. Uh, brought it home top three, so I can't complain too much. Uh, would have loved to win, but uh, super excited for my teammate Jagger. He's been working real hard out it all year, and uh, he deserved one. Um, so I just can't thank my entire team enough. Uh, Bob Ring and Marine Bacotti and Sunrise Forward, Luke Soil, Ibox Springs. Uh, we got a good race car, but uh, we just need to be a little bit more consistent in qualifying. So Derek obviously has a big points lead on you. You're, you're, I believe you remain in second place. Don't have the points in front of us. First place is pretty much out of the question. Do you think it's more so a race for second place in the points right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, it might be like that. But uh, as a driver, I don't think you really ever have that mentality. Um, we just got to go out there and win a race and see what happens. I mean, like tonight, uh, he did a great job at bouncing back fourth place. I mean, that was a pretty good night for him. Uh, but you never know. Uh, I blew up in Gateway and lost a lot of points. So we're going into Kern and Phoenix. There's going to be a lot of cars. Um, anything can happen. But uh, we're going to go get a couple more wins here, I think. All right, we'll see you in Kern. Yep. Derek Krause also had a hell of a comeback from a flat tire while leading the race to come back to finish top five. That's why Haley was like, even when he has a bad night, he somehow is able to get back in the swing of things and finish well. So he's leading the race. He's trying to pass the lap car of Takuma Koga. He runs over something, spins on the backstretch because of that flat tire, comes to pit road, changes tires, loses a lap, maybe two, because I didn't have the scoring in front of me, and drives like a maniac to finish fourth. And points-wise, he is still sitting pretty. After his Wisconsin Badgers beat the hell out of my Michigan State Spartans, <laughs> somehow... Well, you get in trouble for that later. Well, they did. Somehow, <laughs> some way, Derek Krause came back for a fourth-place finish. How the heck you do that? I uh, stayed calm. Team helped me a lot. Stay calm. So it was a good race overall. It sucks that we had a flat right rear while leading. So I guess we'll just move on to Kern and had a good points day, I guess, and take all the positives on this and move on to Kern. I don't know if you've seen the tire yet, but I saw it. There was a clear puncture in it, but it happened when you were trying to get by the 77 at Takuma Koga to put a lap down on him. Did that have any effect on the flat tire, do you think, or was it just something that was on the track? No, I uh, we just had a right rear. We had a hole in the right rear. Okay. Nothing Takuma did wrong. He was doing fine. It just uh, stuff happens, and uh, I guess we'll just have to move on to Kern and do good there. When you look at stuff like this, I mean, you you were last place pretty much, multiple laps down. You come back, and then on that last restart, you just were weaving and bobbing, getting your way up through the field. Were you on kill mode at that point? Like, what was your mindset on that last restart? I I don't know. We had to stay clean and just try to. You're work. smiling. I think you were on kill mode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, you could say that. It was a, uh, it was frustrating when that happened while leading, and I knew we had a really good car, and we drove all the way up to, it would have been fourth on the racetrack at the, at the end of that long green flag run that we had. So, we had a really good car. It just sucks that stuff happens like this, but it's it's part of racing. I guess we'll just move on. All right. No one's listening. No one's reading. How are you feeling about the championship now? 
pretty good. We got two more. Kern, which is a really good track for I me. I think statistically so. your best racetrack. Yeah. So hopefully we can uh, do good there, have a good finish there. And I really wanted to get Bill's 100th win. So this kind of puts a damper on it. We got two more races. We got to win out the rest of the two. So hopefully we can do that and we get Bill McAnally's 100 win. Nice job. Thank you. Like I said, championship for him pretty much in the bag. He he just needs to show up and do what he does, which is finish in the top five, finish in the top ten, win races in the next two. I mean, basically just Kern, and he should be pretty pretty set to go. We'll see if he can get Bill McAnally his 100th win, as he said, because it's the next two races, and Phoenix is going to be pretty tough because there's going to be a steep, steep car count. Sam Mayer's going to be there too, and he's obviously been the class of K&N this year. So as I mentioned, next up is Kern County in two weekends' time in Bakersfield, California. That's the penultimate race of the season. We'll see how it all shakes out over there in Bakersfield. Interview time! It's Kyle Busch Motorsports Truck Series rookie Harrison Burton. We had a nice time chatting with an OG K&N homie from back in the day who is now working his way up in the ranks of NASCAR. Topics include, but are not limited to, his dad talking to him pre-race at New Hampshire, that was pretty wild. His New Hampshire race, which was also wild, how he handled that situation with the veteran Paul Menard. Adjusting from the truck series, which he's running full-time in 2019, to his limited Xfinity schedule, which he's running part-time in 2019. Something tells me he'll be running full-time there next year. How he got started in racing, his mom Kim being crazy, as I said that as she was standing right next to us. Uh, his battle with Todd Gillen in the K&M Pro Series for the East Championship a couple years back. How they were like legit rivals back then, which I didn't know. And now they're teammates. The quote, something to prove mantra. I want to know what he has to prove. Uh, I gave him a lot of crap for this because he posted an Instagram picture with no weights on a bar. But he was like, hey, at least I'm honest, right? A surprise appearance from Christian Eckes, as he was trying to get something in the hauler. Being a part of KHI management, leaning on his team owner, Kyle Bush. Short and long-term goals, we, we hit on it all. He was a great conversation, as always. Enjoy catching up with Harrison. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Pleasure to be joined now by Harrison Burton. We were just talking about staying out of the Las Vegas heat. But we said that the dry heat is actually a thing. Some people say it's a myth. It's actually a thing. Confirmed. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> if it's 100 degrees in North Carolina, you can't step outside without melting. And then if it's 100 degrees here, you can kind of work with it. So yeah. that's a good thing at least. But uh, the overall temperature starts to affect you inside the car quite a bit anyway, either way. So it's uh, definitely a race where you got to stay hydrated and be ready to go. I'm sure it does. Um, so let's get right into it. Your last name is synonymous with racing and families in racing. Uh, the Burton name, obviously. The thing that stood out to me was a couple weeks ago, your dad actually got on the radio at New Hampshire and talked to you, I think, on the pace laps, right? Yeah, yep. How cool was that? I, f I feel like that was like a weird but a cool moment for somebody like you. It was it was strange because a lot of times he's on the radio and he's just talking to me on the radio and he's not on TV or anything. Right. Uh, but he was, like, pitching me questions and, like, interviewing me, this and I'm like about to go green. Working, Dad. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was a different experience. It was cool uh, for it to kind of come full circle like that and um, to be in a race where he's commentating was really, really cool and, mm -hmm. and an interesting experience, like you said. But it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. It was a, a, a cool memory I have with my dad now, and I can think about that later in the future. And you had an interesting race, too. I did, yeah. Uh, I, I will say I was actually pretty impressed on how you handled the situation. Some people – might say, oh, who's this young kid trying to stand up for himself? But I, I was kind of on the other side of things. I'm saying, okay, here's a veteran, Paul Menard, who recently just announced his full-time retirement. 
And then here's a young kid who says, look, I'm not going to be pushed around and take his you-know-what. I, I was impressed with that, and I'm sure that you got a lot of reaction on both sides from that. But I just wanted to say that it was interesting how you handled yourself, and I respect it a lot. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an interesting experience for me. Um, you know, that's something that's crazy is, you know, that was one of my first few Xfinity exactly, starts, right? Yeah. And so uh, he's a cup guy. He's been racing cup for 16 years, and um so he's he's got respect in the sport right so it's it's a definitely a different a difficult balance right but i think that uh as a young guy you got to stand your ground and show that you're there to race um i'm way past that now i don't have any grudge or anything with menard or anything it's all over and that's kind of part of racing and that's that's what makes uh people sit in the seats so uh it's a good thing and and um you know i can move on from that and have a learning experience how has that part-time Xfinity schedule been? Is, is it tough, like, jumping back and forth between the truck and the Xfinity car? Is that tough at all? Um, it is a little challenging, I think. Um, I don't know. I think that, that they're both just very different. Um, so you, you have to use different mindsets in, in either one. I think the truck is very reliant on aerodynamic grip, um, whereas the Xfinity car is as well, but it's more mechanical grip as well. You're sliding around a little bit more in the Xfinity car and all that. Um, which is a lot of fun for a driver. I was so. going to say, it almost seems like you prefer, the results kind of show that the Xfinity car, you perform a little better. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's Each is different. I think I, I grew up racing super late models, right? right. And um, they're high horsepower, low grip kind of race cars, and that's kind of how Xfinity is. So trucks is a way different ball game than what I kind of grew up doing. Um, so Xfinity felt maybe a little bit more natural, but I don't I don't like one more than the other. I like to race no matter if it's a go kart or Xfinity car or whatever it may be. So take me back to the start of when you were racing. It's been well documented, but I want you to to tell the listeners how you got started, when, where, what did you race, and what was the age when you kind of realized, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm actually doing this. So I started really young. I was three or four years old right and i'm begging my dad to let me race kind of par for the course though. yeah i had a um a battery powered like plastic cart that i would drive around around the racetracks with my mom would like run beside me or whatever it may be <laughs> and i would be driving my go-kart yeah. um and then when i was four it was christmas and i remember i was at my grandma's house and you know we opened our presents and you know my dad was like go out to the garage there's one more present and there was a quarter midget uh, sitting How there. How old are you at this point? Four. So four-year-old so, yep. was freaking out. I'm right pumped. Now. Yeah. So there's there's a quarter midget in the in the garage, and there's it's got like decals just like my dad's cup car at the time. That's it was really sweet. really cool. Um, so I, I started. You gotta show me a picture of that later. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull it up. But I raced that. Uh, I raced quarter midgets till I was 11. Um, just different classes all throughout, and right. then I moved to late models from there, and kind of kept working my way up. Here you are. Here we are. So yeah. you mentioned your mom. She's sitting right there. We love her for it. And I, something that I wrote down was mom is crazy on the pit box. Definitely. <laughs> we, we love that, though. It's, I feel like she almost sometimes gets more attention than you when you're racing. There's like a, there's like a Harrison's mom camp. It's so fun to watch. For me, personally, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's, uh, she's animated and she's uh, invested in the sport. She watched my dad do it for uh, 20 years, and I think – Part of the reason she's scared is she's seen kind of what drivers can go through and all that, so she's just nervous watching me she do it now. She wants her baby to be safe. That's right, and um, and I think that she's more animated than most mothers, but all racing moms are a little bit nervous, I think. And gives uh, a little Kanye shrug. She knows it. Yeah, she knows it. She's, we love her for it. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it, right? It's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fun to watch, and she will be hard on me 
as far as performance-wise as anyone else. She wants us to do well and perform well and win, and uh, she'll be the first one to tell me if I make a mistake. So she's like a coach almost. Uh, yeah, she tries to be. <laughs> <laughs> she's not saying anything. She's just looking at me right yeah. now. Coach so. is giving you a disapproving yeah, glare. Yeah, disapproving glare. No good. So uh, we've talked a couple times in your K&M Pro Series rides, and I want, I want you to take me back to 2017, I believe it was. That's the year that you won the K&N East Championship. You were battling with Todd Gilliland hard. He was going for both the East and the West Championship. He ended up blowing a tire, and kind of that gave the championship to you, but you battled all year long. Can you kind of take me back to that year and then specifically that race? I mean, what do you remember about that? I remember a lot about that. I remember we started the year really hot, and we won, like, three races, like, back, you know, really, really fast. And, um, and this was with MDM. Yeah, MDM at the time, and, and we were really fast, and – um, then Gillen got really good towards the end of the season, and he rattled off, I think, like five wins really quickly, and I was still at three, and then I had won, or he, won, he rattled off like four wins, and I had, there's a race that we had at um, Stafford, I believe it was, and we were Thompson, Thompson, I, Thompson yeah. and uh, we were going back and forth, and the race, that was the race that we won, and I think that was a, a big momentum changer, because we evened the, the points back up that mm -hmm. race, and um, and then going into Dover, we were close enough to be within striking distance, and um, we caught a break to his, um, you know, misfortune, I wish, yeah, yeah, his misfortune. I wish was we could have finished out. Point? No, so we were running like third and fourth, and I'm right on I his bumper. I knew you guys were right next mm -hmm. to each other. And, and if I was, I think if he would have finished fourth and I would have won, I think I would have had the championship mm -hmm. or something like that. There was some way that I could do it. Um, it was so close. Yeah, though. it was really close battle, and and I wish we could have finished it out because we had a good yeah. car and ended up winning the race. But um, it was uh, it was a cool experience to win a championship, and now we're teammates, uh, which is cool. Uh, You're the homies. Yeah, me and him, yeah. we we started, we were like rivals that whole year. Like yeah. we didn't really talk to each other or nothing. And, oh, so like actual rivals. Oh yeah, like okay. yeah, and then I thought you were more so like the friendly rivals. No, no. So we we were we kind of went through like a like a. A phase patch? where we didn't talk to each other at all and oh, we were wow. just competitors and it was fun that way and and now we're teammates and it's just as fun we get to be buddies and work together um but still have that same fire on the racetrack i guess it comes full circle yeah right? for sure that's cool so you have a tagline that you have social media all your youtube videos it's something to prove i yeah. think it might be kind of self-explanatory but can you expand on that a little bit more what what do you have to prove yeah so that I came up with that when I was, I'd say, 15 or, or 16, and I had just... 15-year-old marketing. Yeah, leader. I know. Jeez. So I had come off of a really bad year in K&N, the year before I won a championship, uh -huh. um, and all I heard was I sucked and I wasn't good enough and, and this and that, and then it was cool to, to be able to have that mindset going into that year and then be successful. Um, so then it, it kind of just stuck with me as something that... that you know, I try to carry into race teams and, and that idea of we're here to win. We have uh, everyone here, right, is, mm -hmm. is, whether it's a tire guy or crew chief or whoever is a part of this team, and um, they got to come to the racetrack with intensity and with purpose, and uh, when that happens, you normally end up running better. I, I do have one bone to pick with you, though. And there you I, go. Uh, I don't have this ready, but I'm going to bring it up. I <laughs> okay. think you posted one thing on Instagram, and uh -huh. it was you in the weight room. Okay. Yeah, and there's no weights on yes. the bar. I was like, that's I was messed like, Dude, up. Come on, man. So uh, at least I'm honest, right? So, yeah. so I'm doing curls, right? And my buddy has got like two 20 pound weights. Here it is, right here. Edit to Canada after a good week of work and prep. Love look at that pressure. arm, though. That's not uh, bad. Yeah, look at that no weight. Though. <laughs> <laughs> come that, on, that's man. not what you focus on. No. So, um, yeah. So it was. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm dishonest. I'm not the strongest guy out there. <laughs> I like but how you embrace it. I work hard. Yeah. I like how you knew it. Right yeah. Away too. Oh yeah. I knew it was coming up for sure. Yeah. You're, you're in the weight room a lot though. Yeah. So Toyota set up a, a really good system for us where there's a gym for all the development drivers, and we're mm-hmm. in there um, basically any time that we're free. Yeah. And have time. We'll uh, normally work out in groups, like me, Christian, and Todd. Um, I'll get distracted. Yeah, we we have fun. It's a little distracting, but we have a good time. Christian, don't you think we have a good time at the gym? A little distracting when we're all there, or what? No. What are you no, doing? Grab whatever you need. Sorry. No, don't worry about it. So you're interrupting the interview. Let's get your thoughts on Harrison's Instagram when he's uh, curling the bar with no curling weights on. Bar. Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, we're not the strongest guys, to be honest. It's kind of disappointing. It is. If we're being honest. It is I mean, pretty it's sad. Really disappointing, it's a sad day. You got to get in the weight room more then. Well, the well, problem. I mean, we, we're there all the time. <laughs> that's the problem. You got to do more work in the weight room. It's genetics, I guess. Right? I think it's genetics. I think I'm <laughs> I going with so. that, too. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. We got Christian on the show. Wonderful. Yeah. So you're a part of KHI Management. Yep. That must be really cool to have that kind of business branch attached to you. And I'm sure having Kevin as a... It's kind of a linchpin to, to lean on sometimes when you need any advice. That's a cool thing as well. Yeah, for sure. I think the the more you can get connected in the business world of racing, the better chance you have of staying here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a balance you have to have of results and 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 then the business side of things as well to, to make it. So um, I think that you know that that side of things has been really good so far with Kevin and, and KHI has been helping me a lot. Uh, it's also really cool, like you said, to have Kevin to lean on. I can text him or call him or whatever whenever I want and ask him questions. Um, I do that particularly a lot before we go to Atlanta because he's pretty good there. And, uh, he's one a time or two. Yeah, he's, he's all right there. And then um, on top of that, we have Kyle that we can lean on. I have my dad who's who's at my house I'm obviously every day. Got and, a lot of options. Yeah, so <laughs> I have a lot of, a lot of good options that, and guys that have a lot of experience, and that's a big advantage for me for sure. So let's get into those two you mentioned one by one. Let's start with your dad. We, we kind of talked to him talked about him uh, at the top of this interview but I don't think it could be overstated the the influence that he's had on you and that he continues to have on you even though he's in the NBC booth doing his thing he still helps you each and every day and like you said you're living with him so although he's dad he's also helping you every step of the way yeah for sure and and I think that all started when I was young because my dad um he was always gone working and, and working his butt off, and I, I saw what it took to be a, a race car driver, right? You have to put effort in, and uh, you don't just show up to the racetrack and drive these things. You have to prepare and do your homework and uh, be in good shape, and even though you can't lift very big weights, you can be in good shape. And, um, and We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. we'll get there. And, and I think that watching him when I was two and three years old be gone a lot from the house and watching him on TV when I was in school and, and when we were in the summer, we'd go every weekend, and, and we'd, even when we were in school, we'd go a lot. Um, watching him do what he did and, and work as hard as he did, even though at some points the results weren't as good as he wanted them to be, he mm-hmm. still woke up and kept working and kept working, and I think watching that has been probably one of the biggest things that he's kind of instilled in me, and he didn't even have to say anything. He just did it and led by example. and. Um, I think that was that was pretty cool to, to try and implement that into what I do now. And you also have Kyle Busch as your owner. Not not too shabby of an owner to have to lean on there, right? Yeah, no, he's uh, he's pretty decent. He has potential, I'd say. Um, One of the up-and-comers? Yeah, he's an up-and-comer. But I think that, uh, like you said, um, Kyle's a, a great owner and a good guy to, to lean on. Uh, he's going to be tough on you, um, which is, is um, good for some people and bad for some people. I don't particularly mind it too much. I think that... Um, 
I think I'm harder on myself than Kyle is on me. So I think that um, I think that all of us want to perform well and run good here, and I think we're going to make it happen. So obviously, let's talk a little bit racing. Running for a team like KBM in the Truck Series that's had a multitude of success, not making the playoffs, that's obviously not part of the plan, and I'm sure it's been very frustrating and, and sad to see you know all these guys battling for the playoffs and you're kind of on the outside looking in. Now, you're at the racetrack every weekend and you're doing your own thing, but how, I guess, frustrating, distracting might not be the right word, but it, it just must be gut-wrenching to see all these guys competing while you and your teammate Todd are kind of on the outside. Yeah, that's it's tough, man, and... and that was our goal going into this year was to make the playoffs and win races and be competitive and I think we've been really competitive and had chances to win races and just didn't fall our way um we still without winning or we're, we're, we're close to making the playoffs yeah. and um You're right on the fringe yeah and we were I think fifth or sixth in overall points with uh with everyone so we were we've been okay we've been decent um we've been in the front and and trying to contend for wins we just haven't been able to put it all together so um, like you said, it's frustrating, but it's 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 part of learning. Um, I think that both me and my teammate Todd are, are frustrated and disappointed, and uh, but we're still hungry, right? We're gonna we're gonna go, and even though we're not in the playoffs, we're gonna go try and win and go try and uh, try and steal the show from these guys. I think that's the biggest thing now: is staying motivated and uh, waking up every morning and still realizing I have a good opportunity to win races, and that's what I love to do, right? So. Um, it sucks not being in the playoffs, right? But it's 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 uh, it's all right, and we'll make it happen and go win some races. How close do you guys think you are to winning races? Because it's one, it's one thing to compete, like you said, and be on the fringe of a playoff. It's another thing to get past Moffat, who's real hot right now, get past Ross, who's hot right now. But you guys yeah. seem to be right there. Yeah, we're close, man. And and I think the truck series is probably one of the hardest series in NASCAR right now. And to think that we look even at practice today, there was – between the top 20 only like a half second difference and, and so it's close it's tight but um you know that's that's good that's how it should be i think that um we're close we've been close we probably should have won dover i made a mistake there um and had a chance to pass for the lead and and didn't do the right move and, and lost the spot um atlanta we we had a chance to win um kyle was stupid fast we were the best second best truck there uh which is is um you know it was a good race we've we've been good at vegas we finished fifth and, and we've been we've been you know just going and and there's a straight stretch there where we finished you know fourth third third fourth and i think that we fell off that a little bit recently due to some mechanical failures but um i think that we're we're close to making it happen so you're very close to making that happen i'm, I'm curious about next year uh, obviously you probably can't talk about everything that's going on but can we maybe expect to see you in an Xfinity car a little bit more next year for 2020? Um, I'm not sure yet actually and, and that's something that's crazy about racing is everything happens so late um, you know you see guys like De Benedetto for yeah. Cup just found out that Menard was going to retire oh, okay. really it used and, to not be this late yeah though, and know? so it, it's the sport has kind of turned that way and, and they like to people I guess like to see what their options are and mull it over and then we'll see what we got so what are your short-term goals for you I guess we can talk maybe in the one to two year mark. Is that to to win some races in trucks, win some races in Xfinity, be competitive? How do you kind of handicap that? That's tough, right? Because um, in in trucks right now, it's just win, right? And that's an easy goal to say, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to win. But how are you going to do that is the difference. I think the goals that I focus on are less let's go win and more, you know, we have to be aggressive on restarts, you know, pass better on the outside, side draft better, draft better, 
um, work in air better, especially in the trucks. Um, so I'm trying to stay less, let's just win, and more how are we going to get there. More of a learning aspect. Yeah, and, and I think that um, I think that when you do focus on that stuff, wins come. Um, you see guys like Chastain and, and uh, Moffitt that are super aggressive, and, have, and Chastain, honestly, uh, has changed the way we race in the trucks a little bit. I think I think everyone is kind of less give and take now, and it's more just take, which is fun. I like it that way. Um, so it's it's crazy. One guy comes in and is super aggressive, and people are a little bit upset, and then it's like, oh, why the hell am I not doing kind that? Kind of becomes the norm. Yeah. So um, so now I think it's it's getting more aggressive and, and more entertaining for the fans, which is good. But um, just trying to stay detail oriented and, and trying to do the little things right, and then hopefully the big things will follow. I've said for the longest time, I think in terms of, you go Cup, Xfinity, Trucks, K&N, ARCA, the whole nine, in terms of NASCAR stock car racing, I think Trucks is the most competitive, most entertaining series that we have. Yeah, it, it, it's really competitive, and, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to, Cup, there's nothing like Cup, right? The, the right. amount of uh, great teams and great people that the are talent in Cup. talent there is just unbelievable. It's insane, right? But then... You take a step back and you look at the numbers of you know how many good cars are in Cup and how many good trucks are in Truck Series, right? And they're really similar. Um, and and I think that trucks are really really tough. I mean, and and tough to finish tenth, right? Like you you drive your butt off and your truck's not very good and you finish tenth. Um, whereas I think Xfinity is is so like the top five or six are like incredibly good mm-hmm. and if you're in the top five or six you have a chance to win um which is is tough right because you're you're kind of if you're not running fifth or sixth those guys are just gone yeah so so each is hard in its own way um and i think that that trucks is definitely a challenging one for sure so we talked about your short-term goals let's close with talking about some more long-term bigger picture type stuff uh, a lot of drivers in, in your type of position might say i want to win a cup championship or i want to win a cup race or i want to make a cup start so what is that for you, and have you kind of allowed yourself to think about that? Because I know, although you're looking ahead, you're living in the moment, too. Yeah, it's, that's hard to look at, right, because you never know. Your goals are going to change as, as life goes on. You look at a guy like, let's say, Benedetto. his goal from when he was in the 32 to when he was in the 95 certainly changed, and now I think um, you know, his, his outlook is going to change more with the, with the 21 and, and just how things change around you. I think that you have to kind of wait till you're more – uh, farther along in your career to look at cup stuff, right? But for me, I just want to be happy with what I'm doing. It's the biggest thing. Uh, I could Are race, you? yeah, for sure. I yeah. love racing. I could race trucks for the rest of my life and be happy. I could race Xfinity for the rest of my life and be happy or whatever. So. Um, I think that all of us that are here are here for a reason. That's that we love to do what we're doing, and uh, and I'm just happy to be in the situation I'm in. Cool, Todd. What are you looking at over there? Food always, he says. All right, Harrison, thanks for the (laughs) time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you have it, party people. That is Harrison Burton, wise beyond his years. I'm telling you, if if you guys didn't know who he was, you'd probably think he's in his mid-20s or something like that. But the fact that he's a teenager still in high school, wise beyond his years. So, Harrison, thank you for the time. Andy G at Kyle Busch Motorsports, thank you for helping coordinate that. Appreciate it. And, uh, Harrison, again, thank you for taking the time. And, Kim, if you're listening, which you definitely are not, Thank you for, uh, you know, playing along with our jokes. Let's look ahead to Kansas Speedway this weekend, the Hollywood Casino 400 for the Cup Series and the Kansas Lottery 300 for the Xfinity Bunch. We'll focus on the Cup guys, though. Sunday, around 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 
The four drivers below the cutoff are three from Hendrick Motorsports and Clint Boyer. It's William Byron, Alex Bowman, and Chase Elliott. It's pretty much win or go home for all four of those guys. They've all said so because the drivers that are in front of them are just too good. If the cutoff was Talladega, that'd be different because you have the wild card factor and the unpredictability that comes with that. But Kansas has some predictability. With that being said, though, Bowman, he finished second here in the spring. So hopefully he'll be able to. Let's see. Um, I want to also touch on Chase Elliott because I actually did a full conversation with him for NBC Sports Washington uh, when I'm recording this. I did this yesterday and I posted it this morning, which is Thursday morning around like 10 o'clock in the morning. But if you want to listen to that full conversation... It's on my YouTube channel. You just search Chase Elliott one-on-one Davey Siegel, or you could just check my Twitter. There's a link to it there and my Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Davey Center. So be sure to check that out. Really enjoy talking with him. You guys might know that Chase isn't really a great, great interview, but he was in a pretty good mood, and I got him to chuckle a couple times, and we talked for about 14 minutes. So that was really fun. Appreciate Ross from NASCAR and everybody at NBC Sports Washington for helping out with that and letting me do my thing. And he said he has to win at Kansas. He won that race last season. I told him he could be going to worse places. He agreed with me on that. So we'll see if he can get her done this weekend in the Great Plains. Look, that's of the week. Cue the music. It's kind of a weak lug nuts, but I'm, I'm still kind of tired because I woke up a little bit ago. Uh, short but abbreviated, but full lug nuts of the week. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has found a ride for next year and possibly beyond. JTG Doherty Racing. So he and Chris Buescher essentially swap seats. So he's most likely going to be in the 37 for a couple years, and Chris Buescher takes his seat over in the 17. And also, Ross Chastain to Colleague Racing full-time in 2020 for the Xfinity Series Championship with 23, I believe, races, full-time sponsorship from Nutrient Act Solutions. That is now official. Speaking of college racing, they had some issues uh, on their way to Kansas. Their hauler crashed on the highway, and it was scary as hell. It was on its side in the woods. It was a really, really bad scene. Thankfully, everybody that was aboard was okay. They are being transported to a local hospital, the last thing I saw, and it seems like they're in stable condition. And Matt Collick said that they still plan to race two cars at Kansas this weekend with Justin Haley and Ross Chastain and compete for the win. So hopefully everybody over there will be fine, and everybody everybody will be able to recover from their injuries if they have any uh, pretty quickly. The body of Lonnie Troxwell, who is a former truck series owner in the early 2000s, competed in about 75 races, I believe. The body of him, his was found in the Ohio River. Yikes, he was 68 years old. Not sure what happened there, but wanted to report that as I saw it on the place where I get all my news, NASCAR.com, or NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. That's what it is, but also NASCAR.com. Tanner Gray is going to make three truck series starts. His first such national series starts. They will come with DGR Crosley. He obviously finished fourth in the K&M Pro Series East Championship standings in his rookie season. Got the win at South Boston in twin race number one. Had a pole, handful of top fives, multiple top tens. We'll be interested to see how the former NHRA Pro Stock champion enjoys his next transition in the world of stock car racing, now racing a truck. Speaking of trucks, Jeb Burton, not Jeff, but Jeb, he is going to run Martinsville with Nice Motorsports. And I remember they were quick there earlier this season, 
So I'll be interested to see if Jeb can contend for the win too because he's shown his worth in the Xfinity Series and his limited starts this year with Junior Motorsports. And Nice is no slouch over in the Truck Series nowadays. So we'll, we'll be interested to watch and see how Jeb does at Martinsville here in a couple weeks. That will wrap things up though for episode 33 of Victory Lane 2.0. Do me a favor. I know it sounds trivial and I say it every week. Please do me a favor. Rate this podcast. Review this podcast. Subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. I hope you guys enjoy the race this weekend. I will not be there. It's actually one of my few off weekends in the last like four or five months. But I'm spending it on the road. <laughs> I committed to going to Chicago to see some of my school friends at MSU this weekend. So actually head there later today time you're listening to this i'm probably already there having a good time seeing my people so hopefully while they're watching football i'll be able to stream the race or watch on a different tv or, or something on sunday afternoon but until next week peace and love my dudes and dudettes we'll see you on the other side